1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Let me know when you're ready. Mic check, mic check. That's sounding right. Okay, it looks like my mic is working, your mic is working, and we are recording.
2: Okay. Today, we have so much to discuss. The past week has been monumental in terms of the functions, the looks, the glamour, the DMs on Instagram. Christiana a couple of days ago was like, hey, how do you feel about doing a post-fashion week Met debrief? And I was like, you know what? I think I feel good about it. I think I need that therapy session for myself. I think I need to reground myself with someone in LA. It's time. It's absolutely time. Um, how's your week going? What's going on over there? How's LA? LA
1: is is kind of strange. So the other day I went to pick up my boyfriend at the airport because I'm a good person and I went down to LAX and it looked like that's like a love language, by the way, before you get in there. Like I do that with Alex and I have friends
2: that are like, what is wrong with you guys? Like you drive down to LAX and like wait in the LAX line and like go pick up your significant other. And I have a friend who's like, I'd rather pay whatever sum of money to have someone go do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I love doing it.
1: A hundred percent. Like I like the I like the post vacation or post trip debrief that you get in the car. Totally. You know, I like to like make a little quick playlist of whatever I've been listening to that week and be like, okay, here's what I've been listening to, like bumping the car. Like I like that little, I don't know. Also,
2: I lo- like car time. Car time in a relationship is crucial.
1: Yes. Oh car my time. God. Yes. I just like driving around. That's half just a I date for me. Totally. I went to the airport to pick up Max and it was like literally, as if LAX looked like it had been sucked into an alternate time zone. It's like Twilight Zone vibes. It looked so dark, so foggy, so scary. And it, I've never seen a, such a dramatic weather change just from West Hollywood to LAX. Um, so weather's been absolutely nuts over here. For the most part, though, most part though, LA is doing okay. But that was not good. There were a couple earthquakes. You know, just keeping it casual.
2: Okay, it's Wednesday. It's what's the date? September something 15th, September 15th, 32nd. In my brain, it could literally be February right now, which actually would make sense. (laughs) I've been in New York for 10 days now, which has felt like I've got another week ahead of me. And I've just come off a marathon, just came off fashion week, just came off the Met Ball, Mm -hmm. and honestly had the time of my life. And I feel like there are. I got so many questions in the DMs about, like, a plethora of things. And I think especially, like, post-COVID, coming out of that, people are, like, dying to know what it was really like. So Christiana and I are going to shoot the shit today. I'm going to spill some tea, maybe, possibly. But, yeah, it was just a really fun week. I'm so curious to hear what it was like from your perspective watching from afar.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Speaking as but a peasant, I, I have to say I love watching, like, I love getting on anybody's Instagram who happens to be at Fashion Week, whether it's New York, wherever. But I love being able to see a little bit of the like BTS, whether it's something innocent, like if somebody tripped or if there's like a dire emergency, something needed to be fixed or the weather changed and it was an outdoor show. Like, oh, my God, that show that you posted that was taking place in, I think, was it on Mercer Street? Oh, my God.
2: The Tory Burch show.
1: Yes, the Tory Burch show. And you taking a picture of somebody who happened to live on Mercer Street and was watching from their window. That's what I live. For. Those Adorable.
2: people like fully flooded my DMs, reposted it like we're like, hey, outlive Perez. Like, yeah, we didn't pay for these seats. And I was like, this isn't the Met Ball. I didn't pay for my seats either.
1: Yeah, no, nope. <laughs> um, <I did. laughs> but great. Um, though, I love to. I just it seemed like a very it seemed um, vibey. That's show of our times, so to begin with, like Tori, if you've followed me for a
2: long time, you're like, well aware that Tori is like my oldest, longest, closest partner. I absolutely love the brand. They have the greatest team. And I feel like Tori just gets it. In my mind, she's the master of constantly reinventing yourself and keeping up with what it is while also staying on brand to who you are as a designer, which I, love and adore. Like no matter what season it is, I always love it. And she goes all out for her shows. Like I remember one year, I think it was in the Brooklyn Botanical Garden. But this year she took over Mercer Street, which is was obviously in celebration of her new four-story Mercer Street townhouse store, which is absolutely insane. If you guys live in New York or you're traveling anytime soon, definitely recommend a little walkthrough. It's gorgeous. It's right between Houston and Prince. But so it was funny because the night before I was driving home from a dinner and there's like something about going to a fashion show that just feels very like nostalgic. If you've like seen a fashion show in a movie before, like the bright lights, the booming music, like when you're actually sitting there in it, you're like, wow. And so I was driving home and it was nighttime. So I saw the stage lights like a football stadium lighting up Soho. And I was like, I hadn't looked at my schedule for the next day. I was just kind of like, in the moment. And I was like, wow, whoever gets to go to that show is so lucky. Like, how cool. Like, that must be amazing. <laughs> and I woke up in the morning and it was like, your first show is at 151 Mercer. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm Let's
0: going to that go. Show.
2: But it was so cool. I loved that. Like, there were obviously like guard gates at both entrances, but they had to leave the street open for people to walk through, like if they lived there. So like, all the street style photographers that usually have to wait outside during the show, like were able to like kind of come in and watch it as it was going. Obviously, all the people in their apartments were like feet over the fire escapes watching. And it was just epic. It was it felt like a quintessential iconic New York moment. Watching these models like walk down the cobblestone street of Mercer with like Houston and all these beautiful buildings in the background was I had body chills the whole time.
1: That sounds like a Sofia Coppola movie. Absolutely. Really truly. I love that.
2: Absolutely. I'm such an emo small child that like every fashion show I go to, there's a point in there where like I have to hold back a tear because I'm like, Ooh. this is just so cool. Yes. Like, this is so cool. And I appreciate like the amount of work that goes into it. And especially after the past year, knowing like how hard mm-hmm. it's been for designers, being able to sit there and support them in real life and also see them back in action again was so great. It was truly so great. And it, sure, it felt somewhat like normal again. Obviously, there were restrictions here and there, but mm-hmm. I really like, I spe- like the fashion industry in particular, I just think really went through it. And to see designers come back to life and have that moment again was awesome.
1: That's incredible. That's awesome. exactly how I feel about concerts coming back. I definitely shed a tear at Hell Omega. I
2: mean, did you go to Fallout Boy? Have I not seen yes. you since Fallout Boy?
1: I think we saw each other for, for a moment, for one recording in between it. But yeah, no, Hell there's Omega, no way.
2: There's no way. There's no way I would have bombarded you. There's
1: no way. Oh yeah, that's right. You told me right before. You told mm-hmm. me right before. I was saying like this is this is that weekend. How this was is it? That weekend. Oh my god. I'm trying not to scream into the mic, honey. Oh my god. Hello Mega. Weezer, Fall Out Boy and Green Day all on one ticket. Thank you very much inside you see my Dodger face right Stadium. Now. Inside Dodger Stadium, which was gorgeous. And it really was. I was I was tweeting about it like it was basically the baby met gala for people who grew up at Hot Topic. Because the outfits were just unreal. That's unreal. I went and got an outfit just for this show and it felt great. I did not intend to. I just ended up walking into a store and I was like, oh, I think this is what I have to do. You
2: have to do that. Why would you not do that? Like I do that for like a birthday dinner. I'm like, wait, no, I just (laughs) like I want to feel cute. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to go do something I shouldn't do.
1: Given that this was a major event of, of the social the social calendar in my mind, I was like, yeah, we're we're gonna splurge a little. So I got this, I found this great store. I was actually delighted. There's this store on Melrose, which isn't usually where I, I will walk and shop, but I found this place called I Am Coco that reworks vintage. And they cool. have these just uh, gorgeous, gorgeous little crop tops and beautiful like Tommy jeans, oversized. Love. I did a little Olivia Rodrigo style accessorizing and called it a day.
2: Oh my God. She's getting a lot of heat for her Met Gala look last night.
1: Yeah. a lot because of heat. I
2: just don't think people...
1: Yeah, it was, it was weird. Honestly, like her VMA's look was such fire. I was like, what happened, sweetie? We'll be right back after a quick break. Throw like a badass.
2: Nasty Gal has teamed up with the iconic sports brand and cultural phenomenon, Sports Illustrated, to launch a collection in honor of women in sports. Inspired by their power, their invincibility, and their fearlessness, the collection is a 20 piece capsule rooted in luxe athleisure and functional sportswear. Think 80s inspired heritage sweatshirts, bicycle shorts, and matching sets in bold greens and monochrome color palettes. You guys know I love a matching set, and my favorite from the collection has to be this gorgeous emerald green short and crew neck set. You can wear it all together for a lazy day at home, or you can also throw the crew over your shoulder and wear the matching green crop top with it. There's also a cropped rugby top, and you know how I feel and love a rugby top. Nasty Gal X-Sports Illustrated focuses on comfort and off-duty street style, inspiring fans to get out there and triumph in life. Key pieces feature printed sport leggings styled with oversized bomber jackets, as well as mock neck crop sweaters, crop sweats, polo tops, and graphic tees an effortlessly cool aesthetic. The collection is available in sizes ranging from 0 to 20, so there's something for everyone. Don't play games, play sport. Not my scene, just watch me. I'm hashtag NG and I got this. Shop the collection exclusively
0: on the Nasty Gal app and at nastygal.com. This podcast is brought to you by waterdrop.com, the new go-to hydration brand. As we all know, drinking enough water is super important. It helps our bodies function properly and keeps our minds sharp. Not drinking enough water can lead to a number of annoying symptoms like loss of concentration, headaches, dizziness, and so much more. Health experts actually recommend that we should be drinking eight eight eight-ounce glasses, which equals about two liters or half a gallon a day. And that number can be super intimidating. But with WaterDrop, it has become so much easier because I get all the hydration I need from their simple, easy-to-use micro-drinks. They have a range of flavors that is so exciting, filled with important vitamins, no sugar added, and they're low calorie, but still so delicious. Whether working from home, the office, the car, or on the go, Waterdrop is so easy to use. You just drop one micro drink cube in your bottle, wait a few seconds, and bam. You got a delicious drink that keeps you hydrated and gives you vitamins. But what I love most about Waterdrop is that it's a plastic positive company. To reduce single-use bottles, they offer some gorgeous glass and steel bottles in a lot of beautiful designs. I have one of their glass bottles. I brought it with me to New York. I've been refilling it this whole time. And it's really helped to remind me to drink my amount of water every day. And it's so cute to carry around. They're also a proud partner of Plastic Bank. For every pack of water drops sold, one plastic bottle is collected from the environment, which not only leads to four times more plastic than their packaging needs, but also creates new jobs. You can go to their website, waterdrop.com and get a special discount for friend to a friend listeners. You'll get fifteen percent off when you browse their collection of micro drinks, glass and steel bottles, crafts, glasses, and more with promo code Friend of a One word, guys, until the end of September. That's waterdrop.com and receive fifteen percent off with code Friend of a Friend. Try WaterDrop and enjoy the benefits of drinking more water. Now let's get back to the show.
2: People really when I posted the open forum box for people to be for me to be like, what do you guys want to know? Everyone was like, What how, what was the met? <laughs>
1: Yeah. They're <laughs> like, what um, was it? Oh, was there a Met Gala? <laughs>
2: right. I don't know. I mean, I think people, I mean, if okay, if you guys are asking me my opinion, I think that the Met, obviously, it, okay, for those who don't know that the Met isn't just this like big spectacle for people to like walk down the carpet and like wear fashion. The Met supports the Met Costume Institute and the new exhibition that they do every year. Like it actually raises a lot of money for the Met to continue on and be the iconic institution that it is in New York. So in my mind, I would assume that they needed to do one after having to skip to keep supporting the Met and the Costume Institute. That's like my most logical answer here is like, hey, they got to keep it going. They got to keep supporting this. And it brings a lot of publicity to obviously the Met. So I'll leave it there. A lot of people were like, what's the point of this? Why are you doing this now? But like the optimist in me thinks that there is like a real logical good Good-hearted, intent-minded, mm-hmm. but yeah, obviously the Met was this week. It is usually the first Monday in May of every year, but since they missed it, they decided to do it in September, right after Fashion Week, right after the VMAs, all three in a row. So Fashion Week went Tuesday to Sunday, Sunday night the VMAs and the Tom Ford show same evening, Met Gala Monday night.
1: And a I lot was just stylists like stylists working for seventy-two hours.
2: I was just like stylist editors. Like I was just like mm. does even designers. Like for example, like Casey Musgraves wore the iconic Valentino yeah. head feathered moment to mm-hmm. the VMAs in a purple. And then the next day, Dixie did De- Was it Dixie? Yeah, wore it to which, by the way, we can get into. Ooh. Wore it to the Met Ball, and I'm just like in my mind, like I love Valentino, but I'm like love, but I'm just like is that like, a clerical error of, like, yeah. you can't have two people wear the same thing in different colors. But then again, in the same weekend like, within 24 hours. Yeah, that's woof. Then again, like, I empathize because I'm, like, it must be a nightmare.
1: That must also, like, not feel great because you go, like, you go to your first Met and you're so stoked. You're so excited in, in Dixie's case. And then You return home and you get all of these text messages and all of these DMs, and you're so excited to open your phone. And then they don't say what you think that they will say. They instead say, outfit repeater, Lizzie McGuire. Can I? You are an outfit repeater.
2: (laughs) Can I say off the bat that I don't think Addison Rae nor Dixie D'Amelio thought that they would open up their phone to good
1: feedback of being at the Met? No, I don't think they did.
2: No, I had so many responses. You guys really wanted to know about the Met Ball, which I didn't even attend. Love that for me. Um, And the like Gen Z TikTok moment. Just to preface, like the only two TikTok people that were there were the two people that were mentioned. So like it was funny because I think Charlie D'Amelio posted something being like, I'm not even old enough and I'm getting hate for going. Like, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, guys.
1: Warm welcome.
2: Totally. Warm welcome. But I just kind of was like, people really had a hard time not seeing the, the like traditional heavy hitters. And seeing like a different Gen Z audience.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting in that obviously it's like Anna Wintour like kind of wants maybe these Gen Z TikTok TikTokers to feel welcomed in, which is an interesting perspective. Like if she thinks that, you know, they're worthy of an invite, it kind of would give us pause to be like, okay, maybe they are driving fashion in some meaningful way. But uh, that's that's not my opinion personally, but it's interesting that she thinks so. I mean, Demois was reporting some crazy shit all week being like... Oh, yes. There
2: was a notice, I guess, that went out a week before saying everybody had to be vaccinated
1: Mm -hmm. and wear a
2: mask once in the Met, which caused an uproar because Nicki Minaj obviously infamously tweeted that she would not be getting vaccinated (laughs) and definitely wouldn't be doing it for the Met and then went on to tell some crazy story about how her cousin got pretty ill.
1: Her cousin's friend. Her cousin's (laughs) friend. Her cousin's
2: friend. (laughs) friend. Sorry. But so I think in my knowledge, a lot of people dropped out from that. And then there were also a lot of like kind of random faces we didn't expect. I don't know. But it's also like I I think we can't like bite the hand that feeds us almost. Like everybody, I think, partakes in TikTok in some way. Like I scroll through it for yes. fun if I'm like going to sleep and I've like taken an edible and I'm like, let's go through some cooking TikToks.
1: I fell asleep watching organization TikTok Oh my God, the best.
2: Or the Amazon finds.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Oh, damn Jeff Bezos. They're good.
2: I think if you like partake in that, you can't then turn around and hate on the most famous people on that platform being invited to a major cultural moment.
1: We created this ourselves. We made them relevant. With every swipe, every use of the app, we choose to make uh, stars out of, you know, who uses that app. So we've made them culturally relevant.
2: Absolutely. Also, Madison um, seems
1: like a really nice person. She does seem like a really seems nice really person. Sweet. And
2: apparently she just signed a multi-movie deal with Netflix, which means that, that all did. of you that are probably trolling the fact she was at the Met are probably still watching her movies.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I mean, the whole point is that people, the thing that people seemed to be responding to was they're like, TikTokers don't have some kind of arts or entertainment background, False. which is not true. They are the most creative people on the planet. Right, they're like creating this striation, right? They're like, oh, if you didn't go to Juilliard or if you didn't make a movie, well, it's like, well, Addison Ray really made a movie, so. We'll be right back after a quick break. Is there something that's preventing you from achieving a personal
2: goal? I remember for years, I avoided therapy. There was never a specific issue I wanted to tackle, but I feel that even that was a stigma that prohibited me from just exploring and learning more about myself. This year, I've really dove into that with the help of BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a digital platform that assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. Intrigued? Well, you can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours. So that thing that you're going through right now, whatever it is, yeah, they can start solving that in just two days from right now. BetterHelp is really committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. You can send a message to your counselor at any time. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And if you don't feel like you're matching with your therapist, It's free of charge to change at any time. You'll be connected in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online, all without ever having to leave your couch. It's confidential and they cover a range of topics from depression to relationships, trauma, LGBTQ matters, self-esteem, family conflicts, and so much more. The best part? It is way more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and since it's digital, they can service people worldwide. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states right now. I want you guys to start living a happier life today, so as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp.com friend. You'll be joining over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health too. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot friend. Now, let's get back to the show. I actually was having this awesome conversation with a dear friend last night about how, despite maybe the like societal qualms with TikTok and the personas that are on there, what's wild about it is that we've had video and video capabilities for years now. But it took TikTok for that extra level of creativity to become popularized. Like we were able to do these like crazy transitions and the swipes and the blah, blah, blah for years. But TikTok unleashed this like, new ability for the average Joe like me to be able to make something fun and interesting and like flex a new creative muscle in that way. And I think that's really cool. I like commend that. And as much as maybe TikTok culture bothers me for how fast paced it is, I actually think it's a really positive platform. One, for like its contribution to the arts. But two, like it's a very positive platform. I feel like anytime I've seen comments in there, they've usually always been kind. And so I'll give it that. And I'll give the people on there a chance, too.
1: You would know a lot about being on TikTok, wouldn't you, Liv?
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Ah! (laughs) I'm going to address this once and for all.
1: Come to the red table, honey. I
2: I feel like I just came to the red table. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Okay, so um, look, guys. I did a lot this week. Like, I went to a fabulous Dior dinner. I went to Tory Burch on Mercer Street. but. At the end of the day, all I was known for was being in the background of Blake Ray's TikTok. Let me preface the story by saying that Blake Ray and Noah Beck are two of the nicest, kindest, most polite guys I've ever met in person. Very, very sweet. So it's Tuesday last week. It's a beautiful evening in Manhattan. And I go to the US Open with Polo Ralph Lauren to watch an incredible game. They invited a couple other creators, all from like different walks of life, which I love. And Noah Beck and Blake Ray are there. And I, in all honesty, like I don't really follow the like upper echelon of TikTok. Like mm-hmm. I know the D'Amelios and I know Addison Ray because I feel like I see them everywhere. Sure, but like the male side of it, I actually I don't know in the slightest. Same. I knew Noah Beck because he's been on sneaker shopping, and I'm a big sneaker sneaker shopping fan. But besides that, I don't really know them. I don't really understand their like their reach. I don't. Not for I, us. It's not it's for not me. For us. Um, not. It's not. Not for me in a way that like I don't like it, but I just like don't, I haven't been involved. So my dear friend is a couple suites away and uh, Noah and Blake are sitting right in front of me in the stadium seats in this little box. And I happen to be standing or sitting directly in the middle of them, which would allow for my head to be seen straight in the middle of a video. So my dear friend calls me and you know, when you're on FaceTime in a public setting, it's not like you can just hold your phone to your ear. Like, you've got to, like, put it to the front, talk, and then move it to your ear to talk back. <laughs> and so I'm playing that little game looking like a psychopath, like, being like, hey, hi, hey, hi. Um, and little do I know, the two biggest TikTokers in the world are sitting in front of me <laughs> making a TikTok. And my face, I, me on the phone, is, like, front and center of the video because I am sitting in direct view sight between their heads. I know nothing. I, I'm just sitting there <laughs> calmly drinking my honey deuce, eating my mustard-covered pretzels, the iconic moments of the game, and my cell phone goes ballistic. My 20-year-old sister goes, oh, in capitals, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you're in the background of this TikTok. Do you know who you're standing behind? Oh my God, they're making fun of you in the comments. Like, thank God you look cute. And my brain goes into like defcon <laughs> one it's defcon 5 yeah defcon 5 sure um and i'm i literally poor blake ray he's the nicest guy ever by the way i grab his shoulder cuz he's sitting in front of me and i go what's going on like i just got this text from my little sister like what what did you do <laughs> like <laughs> am i am i being made fun of on the internet i literally say this it was mortifying and i obviously left that evening Candidate for episode title: Fuck. Um, <laughs> I accosted a TikToker, and he's like, he he was so kind because he immediately opened up the TikTok and started scrolling through the comments. I think trying to make sure that it wasn't mean, Love which that. I don't think a lot of people would do. I think people would
1: yeah. be like, "Dude, you're crazy." Like, he immediately was like, "Let me see what's going on." I think the top comment was like was something like, "That woman is definitely having a fake conversation." Which that pissed I me loved. off. I was like, yo, I'm an innocent here. I was like, I am innocent. Can you imagine asking someone to have a fake phone conversation just to be an extra in your TikTok? Like no relevance to the story, the I plot was, line of the TikTok. And Wild. I'm like
2: very intensely on the phone trying to figure out <laughs> where my friend is. Like, I'm like, oh, no, I'm here. Like, we're trying to meet up, whatever. So I'm getting like accosted now in the, in the comments. People are like, oh, my God, that girl definitely knows she's about to be TikTok famous. Oh my God, that girl's on a fake phone call. Um, <laughs> and then I had some of my OG fans and they're being like, oh my God, it's Liv, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, love, love, everybody else, leave me alone. <laughs> but then my Instagram DMs Oop. started going off. Oh my God, spotted you, blah, blah, blah. And then wait, I had like five people from high school who I haven't spoken into it in, in a decade Stop. hit me up and be like, hey, haha, ha, good to hear. From, like, I hope you're well. I saw you in the back of this TikTok. And I was like, was I just on Good Morning America? Because like that's the vibe of TikTok fans that I had no idea existed. If If you think
1: that I'm not going to go into the comments of that TikTok and post the link to this episode, you're wrong. You're dead wrong.
2: Yeah, this is me (laughs) formally addressing it. Um, Here I am. I hope you guys are all excited to hear this BTS story of me simply taking a phone call. Woman on um,
1: phone claps back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that's how my week kicked off. Literally fashion week hadn't even started. And I was like, I went to bed that night being like, that was a doozy. That felt like a week.
1: <laughs> so other than going completely viral unintentionally, how was the rest of Fashion Week?
2: The rest was amazing. I think this was like the first time that I really felt like my authentic like work was being brought to the table. That was such a cheesy sentence. But like, I we actually like feel, we love cheesy. We love the feels, all the things. I got to do so many interview-based projects. Like I hosted the carpet for the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund Toast on Wednesday, which honored the 10 designers that are nominated um, for the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund. Fun fact, usually every year they choose a runner-up second place winner. But this year, because of COVID, they decided that everybody gets a grant based on um, one specific thing that they need within the business, which I think is really beautiful because of the fact that it's been such a tough year for designers. So I love the fact that everybody wins. But yeah, it was great. I got to interview some. I interviewed Evan Mock, which was fun. Um, mm. He was looking chic, wearing Gucci loafers and his favorite Levi's and a vintage tee. Got to interview Laura Wait, Harriet. wait, wait. Don't move on.
1: Don't move on. What's the vibe <laughs> with Evan? How was the conversation?
2: Evan is like, in my mind, I've seen him in familiar circles in L.A. We're both from there. Mm-hmm. I have similar friends. He is like just super fucking cool, LA skater boy. Nice vibes. Mm. Um, he's very sure of himself, which I love. I choose, I intentionally choose, sure of himself and not like cocky, confident because he just feels really like cool in his own skin. Yeah. And he actually dropped in the video that he was attending the Met Ball for the first time, so I was like exclusive. And he looked really cool. He wore Tom Brown. He did the whole face mask thing, which he
1: looked great. Personally,
2: I'm not taking at the moment, but for Tom Brown, <laughs> I'll take. <laughs> I'm like, Kim, were you wearing makeup? Mm. She tagged oh. makeup by Mario in the photo. I'm like, she that's did just not. Rude. She did.
1: Kim, that's not funny. Kim,
2: uh, come on. You that's can't go to the Met funny. Ball and not show your face and tag your makeup artist. <laughs> but So yeah, I interviewed Evan Mock. Got to sit down with Laura Harrier, who's in Spider-Man, Black Klansman. Phenomenal, gorgeous. Clomel Sessor, Kilo Kish, who I love, and Lena Bloom, who was the first transgender woman to ever be on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. So lots of like incredible names, super inspiring Ooh. conversations. Um, I will post that once I have the footage. But yeah, this week was really fun. I think it was like, for me, a really good lesson in when you're in an industry as expansive as the fashion industry, and there are so many different roles and so many different things it's kind of easy to get lost in like the fluff. And I feel like I really found my niche within the industry that I know I'm good at and I know I can do. And it just was like, a, it felt like a good growing lesson in that. Being able to like attend this week that I've attended for the past like seven, eight years, but now have found this thing that I love to do and be able to be in that space still and be doing that thing that's uniquely me in that space was just like, oh, wow. I feel like I'm almost in a groove. And I think that groove is like ever evolving, ever changing, everybody It takes a long time to figure out that groove, but it really felt like a good first step in that.
1: Question. Technically unrelated, but kind of related to being in one's groove. Can we get a life coaching update? Oh, yeah. Um,
2: So many of you asked about the contact for that, and I'm sorry I have not shared it. I definitely will. The company is called Ally Stark Wellness. She's a good friend of mine. And so you guys can Google that and look it up. I'm giving it to you here now because the DMs are over flooding and I have not responded and I apologize about that. You'll basically do a consultation with her. She's awesome. She's one of the kindest people I know. And then she will set you up one-on-one with somebody that she feels matches you best. My life coach, I've missed like two weeks now because Fashion Week was just so crazy and being on Eastern Time, I haven't found a second to reconnect with her. But I'm actually really excited to reconnect with her this Friday or last mm-hmm. Friday for you guys. And just like kind of debrief on all of this. The homework that she gave me for this period of time was to identify what are the things that I love most about what it is that I do.
1: Mm.
2: Both like actual and psychological. And I I just like the specificity of that question because like I've been trying to think through like what I like most about the way my job makes me feel. You know what I mean? It's like, what do I like get high on? Like what makes me super excited? And like This was a really good week to be able to like sit down and identify that, especially as like the first week that I felt somewhat like back to normal in the crazy routine that I used to have. So it was a good time to be like, oh, like I like that I'm able to like set my own schedule, set my own boundaries. I feel like I'm at a point where I don't have to say yes to everything and I can do the things that make me really happy and do the things that like I feel like other people can connect on with me too and that don't feel like isolating. If that makes sense. Like, I love what you said at the beginning of the episode being like, I love seeing the behind the scenes because I feel like so much of what I did this week was kind of lifting the veil on a week that has so notoriously been very, very exclusive and just being able to do that. So, yeah, I'm excited to share that back with her and and see what her thoughts are and like where I can grow and evolve from that thought.
1: Love that. That is really good homework. You guys, listeners, you have homework too now. Think about what makes you happy and stuff.
2: Totally. But not just and stuff. Like, th- like the psychological bit of it, of it is cool, too. Like when you're at your job, like what is making you excited? Like what makes you feel good about yourself in that? And not just like what you're good at. Like how does completing an assignment make you feel? Or like how does getting a like good review make you feel? And vice versa, if it's bad, whatever it is. So, yeah, that's been really fun. Speaking of behind the scenes, if you guys haven't re- read my Met story yet, definitely go to Forbes.com, type in my name, I got to get ready with the most decorated track and field Olympian in the history of the Olympics. Her name is Allison Felix. She's incredible. She wore Fendi. She looked gorgeous. And it's on Forbes.com. So go check that out.
1: too. Her dress was unbelievable.
2: I mean, it was 240,000 feathers. Is that all? Yeah.
1: 240,000. Yeah. Every single one of them looked beautiful. The photos are stunning truly. Uh, that is I have not gasped at my phone in some times, certainly not at most of the Met Gala looks, but that photo from Fashion Week really was just so striking.
2: I did hear something lovely that I heard that Lewis Hamilton actually paid for an entire table to have black designers at the Met Ball.
1: Yes, I saw that. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. I was like, "Okay, right. somebody's figuring it out." All right. Appeal to the appeal to the dollar.
2: This year I think that there was a lot there was more there than usual that I think actually attempted to make a difference. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, like Billie Eilish, when she yeah. was working with Oscar to design her dress, she said, obviously, I want to work with you guys, but you have to stop selling fur in order yes. for me to wear this dress. That is a huge thing.
1: That's massive. To
2: basically put the brand up against a wall like that. I know people, there was a large discourse around the AOC dress, but there was a major spike on the internet of the phrase, tax the rich and on Monday evening. And I feel like even that notoriety of the cause is a plus. Sure, there's irony in it. And sure, I know people had an issue with it. But I still think that just bringing awareness to those things on a big, sca- massive stage like that, it was really lovely to see.
1: Yeah, I definitely get the the debate about it. But it's also like, ooh, Aurora right. James got a spot like that she, you know, totally. that she well deserved that spotlight. Um, And also the next day, Joe Biden tweeted about taxing the rich. So maybe it worked a little. Right. Right.
2: So I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you guys for tuning into this. These solo episodes have been really, really fun. Christiana and I are actually having the time of our lives doing these. And I'm really grateful that you guys love listening to them. And I'm really glad that I got to um, do this with Christiana today and just kind of recap it all and reflect and be grateful. So thanks.
1: Couldn't agree more.